Hi, everybody. This is Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony, a podcast all about music. It's the, the Grammys happened yesterday. We're just going to do a quick recap. Um, may, the main reason I wanted to do the recap was to uh, was just to run through each of the awards to see how my predictions went. I guess there's a couple of news stories that I should probably talk about briefly. Um, make sure you like the Facebook page for Groupie and Harmony and Is Baller Trademarked Yet? I realized I... I haven't really been advertising too much the stuff on the blogs. Um, well, if you want all the Grammy stuff, Grammy Week stuff to see my analysis, if you just want to look in retrospect to see how I did, you could do that. It's all there on the podcast and blogs. I mean, excuse me, feeling groupie. Um, as for groupie, as for uh, feeling, um, Isabel or trademark yet, that's the basketball one. Um, I, now that that's now that the Grammys are done, I'm gonna work on a post. There's a few in, I have in mind that I've been pushing off. The one that I'm, I do. I feel like I sh- it's relevant to do one related to the 65 game rule in the NBA that everyone's talking about. I, I I'm not gonna do one about All Star because I don't really care as much about All Stars. Um, but uh, there'll be something come. I'll write something this week. I'm also starting my draft analysis for the uh for nba draft and then i'm also gonna i'm hoping if i have time to do WNBA draft also because this draft could be really exciting um so a couple housekeeping keeping things before we uh, get into this episode um i guess one main housekeeping thing I promised in the last episode that there would be a blog post coming out related to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame freshman. That's not coming out. Long story short, it had some tech issues, and uh, apparently the files didn't save properly. And uh, when the, when the software updated, I lost a week's worth of work when I was almost done with it. Um, I'll just give basically because I always I'll just give you a quick overview now because normally I break them down into ones that are for the first year eligible in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which this year is a little bit different because last year, because with COVID, they had bumped it back. So it was 26 years after the first album, but just because the way it worked out with when they met, because they had to postpone the 2020 meeting this year, it's back. They moved back to 20 to 25 years. And what they did last year was they combined the 26 and 25 into one class. So unfortunately I never got to do a post about, about Lauren Hill's odds, but she ended up getting nominated anyways, which is also how white stripes ended up getting nominated when I was shocked and didn't think they were eligible. Um, but th- basically I don't think there's any locks. The four that I thought were most likely, basically the two I think were most likely were Coldplay and John Mayer. And then two other ones that I think are highly possible, Lil Wayne and 50 cent. And then if it's not those two, uh, J-Lo and the Shins are probably the ones that I would say next, but then there were a few others that were possible, like My Morning Jacket, um, Phoenix, and there's one other artist that I had in that category, and I don't remember who it was. Um, But, yeah, so uh, that's overall, I would guess, Coldplay and uh, John Mayer, though. Um, Now, as for... I guess we'll get into some news. Um, and I know I said in the past I never watched the I don't watch the Grammys. I actually ended up watching a little bit of it because uh, Victoria wanted to put something on TV and there wasn't anything on that she really wanted to watch, so we had it on for a little bit. I was watching some of it, but then I went to uh, and then I went to bring uh, I called my parents. And then I 
brought Roger outside before bed. Roger's my dog. And, uh, and also I should say, I think, cause I said, I keep saying my fiance, my fiance's name is Victoria. So if I say Victoria, that's why. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and, uh, and then Victoria and Roger are both early birds. So their, their bedtime is 10 PM typically. So, uh, at that point I didn't watch it after that. So, um, as for, it was largely what I, for what I watched, didn't watch a ton of it, but what I, I mean, some of the performances were good, like, uh, Fast Cross Great. I love, I expressed my admiration for Tracy Chapman on multiple times on the podcast. I think she's one of the most underrated, uh, musicians and songwriters of all time. And I think she's an all time great songwriter in particular. Um, I thought her and Luke Combs did really well together. Um, Sizzle's performance was really good. Miley Cyrus, I heard some of it, though at that point I was calling my parents. Um, the, um, I mean, Miley was, was really, rightfully really excited for her uh, when, when she found out she won, because that was her first Grammy. So, uh, um, as from otherwise, I mean, I've heard a few people talking, praising Trevor Noah with his, with his what I watched, what I saw, honestly, was just him trying to make new friends. So I, at the point where now I'm like wondering if, uh, considering that we've seen Trevor Noah trying to make new friends and LL Cool J doing multiple years of reading off his Twitter, I'm starting to like the idea of not having a host and maybe this ceremony that literally the televised ceremony only had nine awards and it was like almost four hours long, like three and a half, four hours long. I mean, at that point, I, and maybe we'd be better off just cutting the fat off and cutting Trevor Noah trying to make new friends. Um, and, and I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of genres that didn't, that are popular, that didn't even have an, that didn't even have, uh, did, wasn't even, weren't even televised, uh, rock, electronic and rap. None of those, those are three of the most popular genres in the U S and none of them had, were televised. So had any awards televised. So I, it's, it's just insane. And they even had, because producer, songwriter, of the year. They're both in the general category now, and neither are televised. I think that's ridiculous. Um, like you can figure out a way to do that. And I get it. it's tougher, like for instance, with the Grammys versus the Oscars or the Golden Globes, because there's more performance, musical performances, which you'd hope for. But still, um, I mean, like for instance, even like I didn't watch a lot of these ones, but like YouTube, for instance. Did you really need a YouTube performance? They weren't nominated for anything. So I, I, that's just me. But ultimately, in the big scheme of things, I don't care about award shows. I find them kind of pompous and self-centered and over the top and long. Um, as for some other things, Killer Mike was arrested afterwards. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what happened. Um he hasn't really addressed it yet so fully so i don't really know what happened he has a court date next or coming up in a few weeks i guess so uh i think it was so we'll see but that was a he won he won and then was arrested which was weird um let's see uh Jay-Z's speech, um, a lot of people I know in particular in Jay-Z's extended speech were praising the fact that Jay-Z, uh, um, that Jay-Z called out the Grammys for Beyonce not winning it, uh, in particular, not winning album of the year. So, here's the thing with that one. There was, uh, for years, the Grammys had done, f 
five, uh, had done five albums for album of the year. And what, and often there were some weird winners and the, a big part of that just from a historical standpoint is what they would do is they would nominate four either pop artists or um, if it wasn't someone was pop, like if someone was rap for instance, or um, it would be like almost always there'd be like four either pop or pop adjacent artists, maybe like a popular rap artist or something like that. And then one other genre, usually a rock artist and the rock artists would often win because the pop artists would often be like cancel each other out and all the rock voters would vote for the one rock album. And even like you would all often the winner would be determined by depending on looking at the rock, how the rock voters voted, how the country voters voted um, and how, and like how uh, stuff like that. Cause I mean, I think that's a big part of why Daft Punk won when they did. I think that's why Arcade Fire won when they did. I think that's why, for instance, uh, with record of the year Kings of Leon won when they did. I, um, that's why Beck ended up beating Beyonce, frankly, um, because, because of that one. And even the last year that they had it, even though there was Lord, uh, Lord was nominated. What I read was that apparently a lot of, uh, a lot of Grammy voters, a lot of the country voters really liked Bruno Mars's album that year. So I figured Bruno Mars was, I didn't have a podcast that time, but I figured Bruno Mars was going to win because they were all enamored by that album and wanted to vote for it. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, so that's my response to saying like, uh, for instance, so-and-so shouldn't have won. It went back before, or how did so-and-so not win historically? When they had the five nominees there, uh, that would be, that's, that's why. Well, that's what a big part of that would happen. And since then, it has even itself out a little bit, so you do get more, more of the popular releases that do end up winning. Um, and then uh, Taylor Swift announced an album. Um, I mean, great publicity, a great way to do it for a publicity standpoint. But also, admittedly, kind of why I hate the Grammys because it's kind of like a big look at me festival. Um, yeah, and that's really in terms of, I guess you could say, uh, congratulations on Taylor Swift for being the most winning, uh, the biggest winner in her album of the year for like four albums. Now, I'm surprised that Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra didn't win more just because there was, like, even into the 70s, they were consistently nominating traditional pop albums because, you know, by the 70s, maybe rock had, maybe rock's not here to stay. <laughs> um, but anyways... What I'm going to do for the rest of this, I'm going to run through each of the awards. I'm intentionally going to try to do no more than one minute for each award, just because otherwise this episode would be obscenely long. I'm not going to spend too long on the ones I got right. If you want more analysis of my thoughts for why I thought that beforehand for each award, you can look at the corresponding episodes. Um, as for my prediction, I predicted 61's award, 61 awards. I got 28 right. But I did give the caveat ahead of time that there were probably ones that like I was I was torn between a few. If you count either the in situations where I um anytime I said the second most likely to win, if you count those ones, or if I was torn between three, then if you got the third one. Now I didn't count always like for instance with Song of the Year, the one I had as third most likely won, but I felt like it was kind of wide open and almost any of them could win. I didn't count that one here. 
I had 44 of the 61, so I knew what I, at least I had an idea what I was talking about for these ones. And there were some other ones where the one, the one I listed as the one to watch will end up winning. So now that I've, uh, postponed the actual, this actual part of this enough, uh, let's get on with this. So, um, putting on stopwatch now, but, uh, the first the first field is the um, production engineering composition and arrangement field. I got none of them right. Um, the first one, best engineered album, um, non-classical. And also, I'm not going to name, uh, I'm not going to go through all the nominees at this point. If you want to know them, you honestly, at this point, you could look them up or listen to the episode, the previous episodes where I discussed the nominees. Um, the winner was Jaguar 2 by Victoria Monet. I had predicted the record by Boy Genius, and that was one that was a bit painful because I figured it would be one or the other. Um, I And I think I was scared by going with Boy Genius because I think I deep down I was felt like it was going to be Jaguar 2. Um, oops. Oh, well. Um, and then uh, for Best Remixed Recording Non-Classical, the winner was... Uh, so I thought it'd be working hard, the Terry Hunter's remix of "Working Hard" by Mary Carey ended up being Wet Legs' remix of Depeche, Depeche Mode's "Wagging Tongue," which that one I think is considered a surprise. Um, I said beforehand that it, this one was a little was kind of there wasn't a clear front runner because from a historical trend, none of the none of the winners or none of the the signs of someone being a front runner for the award. None of them applied here, so I really didn't know what was going to happen. I did have that one as my one to watch, so I wasn't totally shocked, but I did consider that one a little bit of a surprise. Uh, next up, we're going to go to uh, children's comedy, audio book, narration, storytelling, visual media, and music video slash film. I got four of the six right, and the other two that I the two that I didn't get right, it was the runner up. Uh, best music film, the winner was Moon on Daydream by or about David Bowie. I thought it'd be dear. I was torn between the two that one and Dear Mama about by about Tupac. I went with Dear Mama. I wasn't surprised. I just heard that one won, and I was like, "Dang it! I got chose the wrong one." Um, best music video, the winner was I'm Only Sleeping by the Beatles. I went with What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. Um, I wasn't surprised to see I'm Only Sleeping. I didn't know which I. But really wasn't sure which one would do it. I just thought that um, what was I made for was the most likely there. Um, and I felt like what was I made for, but I hey, um, I'm I'm not bothered by that one. Uh, best song written for visual media. The winner was "What Was I Made For" by Billie Eilish from Barbie, and yeah, I kind of figured that would be it. Um, the, for best compilation soundtrack for visual media, the winner was Barbie the album. I predicted that. I felt like that was kind of obvious in a lock. Um, best audiobook narration and storytelling recording. I really predicted that one. It was Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times by Michelle Obama. Um, yeah, I had said that Michelle Obama was kind of a safe choice there. So um, I don't think too much explanation needed there. And then best comedy album, the winner was What's in a Name by Dave Chappelle. I felt like a hundred percent confident. There were some people that were like, Oh, some experts that were like predict a bunch of extroverts that were predicting others releases. Um, I 
thought that was pretty safe. I thought felt like Dave Chappelle's album was like almost a certainty, but um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny though that I didn't think about the fact that Trevor Noah was nominated for an album and also hosting the awards. That's kind of funny. Um, next up, we're gonna go with Latin, global, African, reggae, and new age, ambient, or chant. I got five of the nine right. And then for the ones I got wrong, all but one of them I had as second most likely. So, um, best reggae album. Uh, the winner was Colors of Excuse Me, Colors of Royal by Julian Marley and Enteus. I uh, predicted it would be No Destroyer by Burning Spear. Look, I Julian Marley once once lost when there he wasn't up against another Marley. I I thought that. That Julia Marley was an exception for if there's a Mar the rule if there's a Marley nominated predict them, uh, yeah. Well, I guess not. <laughs> um, best global music album. Uh, what was this moment by Shakti? Um, like I don't think I mentioned this, but like Julia Marley's album, I predicted that I had this one a second most likely. I predicted it would be I told them by Burnham Boy. I I did. Actually, this one was also my one to watch because um, I thought there was a serious chance that they could end up winning this one just because they, uh, the amount of respect that they have. Um, so I'm not too, too shocked. Uh, best African music performance, the winner was Water by Tyla. I predicted that one. Um, that one was a, for a first year of this award. That one was a pretty loaded one. I, 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 I really, I, even though I predicted that one, I wasn't sure that it would win it. Um, I think I might have faked my confidence a little bit in that one, but I, I really didn't have as much confidence as I ha did in other awards. Um, best Global Music Performance, the winner was Pashto by Bella Fleck, Edgar, Edgar Meyer, uh, Zakir Hussain, Hussain, featuring Rakesh uh, Terezia. Um, yeah, I, got that. I had the fourth most likely. I was surprised, a little bit surprised by that one. Um, I predicted Alone by Burna Boy, but I really didn't know what it would be. I actually even thought that if it wasn't going to be alone or either burner boy or DeVito, I thought it was going to be shadow forces instead. So I was a little bit surprised by that one. Um, and even while Bella Fleck has had success in other awards and other fields, I didn't know how he would fare in this one, for instance, um, best tropical Latin album. Uh, it was Sambra, uh, 45 anniversary, uh, and vivo and el Coliseo de Puerto Rico. 14 de Mayo 2022 and sorry for switch for the numbers switching to English there. I do not know Spanish at all and <laughs> I can't and when it's written in numbers I can't immediately translate to I when it's just written there I can read it I can at least read a more Americanized version of Spanish but if it's numbers I can't translate it the top of my head to Spanish. I can do German which doesn't which hasn't fared me well in life, but anyways, uh, that one's by Ruben Blades and Robert Delgado and Orchestra. Um, that one I predicted. I felt like I was pretty much a lock. Um, Ruben Blades always wins this award. Um, he's like by he's won so many more times than anyone else in that award. Um, best best musica Mexicana album, including Tejano. The winner was Genesis by Peso Pluma. I had predicted that one. I actually felt pretty good about that one, which uh. There are situations where a massive name artist doesn't end up winning that one. I just felt better than I normally would have with that one. Um, he ended up winning it. Um, best Latin rock or alternative album. The w winner was 
uh, Vida Cotidana by Juanes. I was a little bit nervous with that one because uh, I figured I wasn't sure whether it would be him or Natalia Laforcade. Um, I was torn between which one I would go with going into the awards to predict to win. Ultimately, I went with Juanes. Um, for Best Musica Urbana album, uh, the winner was Manana Sera Bonito by Carol G. Um, yeah, I, I honestly thought it could have been any of them, but I thought that she was the most likely. Um, and uh, that one was the one Latin one that was televised. Um, and, uh, and I know I said this before, but still, seriously, you couldn't find two other nominees. There were every award had more than 20 submissions. Um, for Best Latin Album, the winner was X Me Volume 1 by Gabby Morena. I ultimately went Don Juan by Maluma. Uh, yeah, I Gabby Moreno was the one I had a second most likely. I was a little bit nervous that that one would win. <laughs> um, I, I went with I felt safest with Maluma, but I was there were a couple that I was nervous about. That one was one of them. Um, hey, oh well. Next up, we'll go to um, best gospel and contemporary Christian. I only got one right in this category, and it was the one that I said was a lock. Um, I really did rough in this one. Um. But best, we'll start with Best Roots Gospel Album. And I'm just going from the bottom up with all of these, by the way, uh, just because it's easier for me with the way I have them written down rather than jumping around. Uh, the winner was Echoes of the South by Blind Boys of Alabama. I thought they were possible. I went, I'd say second most likely, I went with Shine the Darker the Night, the Brighter the Light by Gaither Vocal Band. I thought that, even though they never won, I thought Gaither Vocal Band was, just was a safer choice there. Um I'm not surprised at Blind Boy Fence of Alabama one. Uh, for Best Contemporary Christian Music Album, uh, the winner was Church Close 4 by Lecrae. I'm shocked by that one. I thought that Lauren Daigle would have had that one in the back. I had Church Close 4 the third, most likely. I'm glad it went. I love Lecrae, but wow, I, that was a surprise. Um, best Gospel Album, the winner was All Things New, Live in Orlando by Ty Tribbett. Um I had predicted it would be the Maverick Way by Maverick City Music. And this one, I literally had Ty Trebet's album as fifth most likely, and I wasn't surprised when they announced it. That one, I think I had expressed going into it that uh, going when I was discussing this one, I felt like that one was pretty wide open. Um, so I wasn't shocked, even though it has least likely. Um, when I was a little bit more surprised by uh, Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance Slash Song, that when it was Your Power by Lecrae and Tasha Cobbs Leonard, I had that as... The second lead, I don't know, fifth most like fifth most likely out of the six. Um, I thought it would be "Thank God I Do" by Lauren Daigle. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't think Lecrae was going to beat Lauren Daigle for King and Country with George Sparks and also Maverick City Music. I the just most straight load. I thought were adding the one of those ones going to have in the bag, and I thought Lauren Daigle was the safest choice there because she's so massive and contemporary Christian. But still, um, your power ended up winning. Um, Best gospel performances song. Um, the winner was All Things by Kirk Franklin. Yeah, I said that this one was kind of an obvious one going into it. Um, next up is uh, Country and American Roots. Uh, there were t uh, the 10 awards I predicted. I got six of them right. And for a funny one, I got uh, all four of the country ones I predicted and then two of the six American Roots ones with a bunch of them was the second or third. All of them were second. Other ones were second or third most likely. It was like, oh, man. Um, best Folk Album. The winner was Joni Mitchell at Newport by Joni Mitchell. I 
this one was a pretty loaded one because you had Paul Simon, you had Old Crow Medicine Show, and you had Rufus, Rufus Wainwright and Knuckle Creek, who all had serious shots. Um, I had said, though, that with the... It was going... It, I felt like that this year, it was just, with everything, going to be Joni Mitchell's album. And also, while I didn't review it, because I don't review live albums, it, it was, like... It was absolutely praised by critics. So, um, for Best Bluegrass Album, the winner was City of Gold by Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway. I was torn between three, Bluegrass by Willie Nelson, Me and Dad by Billy Strings, and City of Gold. I went with those three in that order. I figured it'd be one of those ones. I wasn't sure which one to go with. I felt safest going with Willie Nelson. I'm not surprised to see Molly Tuttle win. Um, I remember like really liking that album also, so um, I'm not going to complain about that winner. Um Best Americana album. The winner was Weather Veins by Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. I had that a second most likely. I had Brandy Clark winning that one. Um, I was surprised to see Weather Veins, though. Uh, with this one, I think I had expressed also that I thought this one, any of them could win also. Uh, um, this one was another. A lot of them in the American Roots, I felt like, were pretty loaded categories. Um, for Best American Roots Song, um, the winner was Cast Iron Skillet by Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Um, I had that, as, again, as second most likely. I thought there was a serious chance. Again, though, actually, with this one, I thought all of them were had a, at least a shot. Um, I predicted Dear and Security by Brandy Clark featuring Brandy Carlisle. Um, for Best Americana Performance, it ended up being Dear and Security, which I had predicted. Um, I honestly thought it would be both for American Song and Ameri Americana Performance, especially because I thought that that song was going to... I don't remember the right... I think I predicted it to, win, to be a Song of the Year nominee, but I, it might have been a record of the other I predicted. I lost track at this point. Um, for Best American Roots Performance... The winner was Eve Was Black by Allison Russell. I had the thir third most likely. The one I had winning was Butterfly by John Baptiste. A lot of times, if one is nominated for a Big Four award, they're just the safe choice here. And there was another award where, uh, in a different field, where uh, that where so this happened also. It was in R and B. I'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I wasn't shocked to see her win. I probably was most. Mo that was the one that I thought was most shocking out of this whole field uh best country album um it was bell bottom country by laney wilson and i imagine that some people were shocked that uh that zach bryan didn't win i didn't think there was that much of a chance um my fiance said victoria said that uh kelsey ballerini didn't look too happy that she didn't win which i love that when people react like that that's how they actually feel it's not like it's like all the time you get like the people smiling clapping politely when when after when app uh when they're in an ad they're probably sitting there cursing at to their publicist or agents um but yeah i i felt i mean laney wilson absolutely exploded in country music and with just how massive her uh cma awards were i i figured that it was i just figured that uh it was going to be that it was gonna be her um best country song the winner was white horse by Chris Stapleton. I was torn between that one and I Remember Everything um, by Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgraves. My gut was telling me Zach, uh, I Remember Everything, but historical trends were telling me Chris Stapleton. And I'm like, I've already been bit multiple times by uh, predicting Zach Bryan to win other things, um, whether he or win or be nominated for other things. I'm going with Chris Stapleton here because of historical trends. And I was right. Um, best country duo slash group performance. Uh, the winner was, I remember everything 
which I did predict at this one. Um, I, I was a little bit nervous with this one because I thought that We Don't Fight Anymore by Carly Pierce featuring Chris Stapleton had a serious chance also. I'm actually realistically, I thought a bunch of them had a serious chance, but that one was the one that I was most scared about. Um, and then Best Country Solo Performance, the winner was White Horse by Chris Stapleton. I felt really good about that one. I th- imagine a lot of people were predicting Fast Car by Luke Combs, um, I didn't think that one had that much of a chance. Actually, I had that as third most likely because I also had Dolly Parton ahead of that song. Um, but yeah, um, next up for jazz, traditional pop, contemporary instrumental, and musical theater. Look, the only one I predicted in this one was traditional pop album, and uh, I got it wrong. Um, I the winner was Bewitched by Laufey, which I'm thrilled that it was because I thought her. I thought that was an excellent album by her. Um, I predict it'll be only the strong survive. I really didn't. I wasn't sure how this would go with it being moved from pop to the, uh, this field. Um, I'm sure that probably played a role in Laufey winning instead of like Bruce Springsteen. Um, I also thought that one of the Sondheim albums had a serious chance also in this one. Um, but I had, I had, I had bewitched as second most likely. So I wasn't surprised by that one. Um, next up, uh, R&B, rap, and spoken word poetry. Out of the 10 awards of this one, and usually I do pretty well in this one, I did horribly. I got two right. Um, <laughs> you can see some of my predictions were just all over the place. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, best spoken word poetry album, the winner was Light Inside by JL, uh, J.I.V. I think that was among the most confident I felt in any of the awards for the Grammys uh, with that, predicting that one. Um, next up, uh, best rap album. This one, I didn't feel like there was a clear front runner, though I had predicted King's Disease 3 by Nas and didn't feel great about it. Ended up being Michael by Killer Mike, which I was thrilled about because I, I in my uh uh, in my top albums of the year, I had that one as the best album of 2023. So I was thrilled who that was the result. Um, I had fourth most likely, so I wouldn't have predicted it clearly. Um, best rap song. Uh, I had no idea on this one. Um, I predicted Rich Flex by Drake and 21 Savage. It lost. It ended up being Scientists and Engineers by Killer Mike featuring Andre 3000, Future, and Aaron Allen Kane. I had that as second most likely. I really hadn't. Honestly, I had no idea. Um, So, uh, for me, at that point, I went to bat and I was anyone in that one. Um, Best Melodic Rap Performance, the winner was All My Life by Lil Durk featuring J. Cole. I had that second most likely. I wanted to put a number one I just, I was just like, I feel like it's going to be Spin About You by Drake in 21 Savage. I'm thrilled that it was all, all my life, though. I I think that one should have been a Record of the Year nominee. I wish it had been one. Um, and then next up, uh, Best Rap Performance. The, um, the winner for that one is, uh, um, was Scientists and Engineers. Again, um, I had predicted The Hillbillies by Baby Keem featuring Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar never wins this with the award. I mean, never loses this award, excuse me. Um, actually, had Scientist Engineer is the least likely one. I wasn't too, too shocked, um, honestly, but I was surprised. Um, like, I mean, I even, uh, 
I had even thought that um uh sorry, I got sidetracked while I was starting to talk. Um I even thought that uh like a lot of people were saying that there was no way Black Thought would win it. I even had that above scientists and engineers. Um but yeah, so Killer Mike effectively he won three awards he was nominated for, which is wild. Um Best R and B album, the winner was Jaguar Two by Victoria Monet. I was so adamant that it would be Girls' Night Out by Babyface. I'm not quite sure why I decided I was adamant that it was going to be above Jaguar 2. But, hey. Um, especially because I was like, it's a like Babyface is a legend there. He's going to win. Babyface doesn't have as much success in the Grammys that I was making him out to have. I don't know what I was doing. Um, but, hey, I had Jaguar 2 as second, most likely. Um, best Progressive R&B Album. The winner was SOS by SZA. I had that. I I thought that we could have some chaos with, because another album of the year nominee, Age of Pleasure, was also nominated for that one. But I felt fairly safe with predicting SOS. Um, best R&B song, the winner was Snooze by SZA. When Victoria had told... Because I think I was in the other room when that one was announced. Victoria had told me that that one won. I'm like, oh, I think I had that one winning. No, I had that as the least likely one. <laughs> I had that as I had on my mama by Victoria Monet winning because it was a record of the year nom nod. And even like I thought ICU is also a serious contender. Um yeah, I mean I'm not I I mean that shows how not shocked I was, even though I had it as the least likely one. Um Best Traditional R and B performance, the nom or the winner rather, was Good Morning by PJ Morton featuring Susan Carroll. That one was a little bit of a surprise. I did have that as my one to watch. I had as the fourth most likely. I had Simple by Babyface featuring Coco Jones because, again, I apparently thought that Babyface was Teflon uh, with the, with these awards. Um, but I, I wasn't too, too shocked. It was a little bit of a surprise, though, but I thought that there was. I did. I thought it was an interest. It was a serious possibility for him to win that one. Um, best R&B performance. The winner was Kill. I mean, excuse me. The one I thought would win was Kill Bill by SZA. Um, the winner was ICU by Coco Jones. I was scared of that one. And how does it make you feel by Victoria Monet to beat out Kill Bill? But I couldn't. I wasn't going to go against Kill Bill on that one. Um, next up, uh, rock metal and alternative. I've been pretty bad at these ones the last couple of years. I think this year there were six. I only got two of them right. Um, and uh, the first one I got right, Best Alternative Music Album, The Record. This one's a loaded category. I predicted The Record, though. I By, by Boy Genius, I wasn't... I, I, I just felt safe. As though. It was a loaded category that it felt pretty wide open. Um, best Alternative Performance, it was This was this Is Why by Paramore. I had predicted it would be Body Paint by Arctic Monkeys. I wasn't that shocked to see This Is Why I win it. Um, I felt like there were a bunch that could I felt like any of them realistically could have won it um in fact even today I couldn't remember which one I had winning I'm like did I have always winning no always was the one I had as the least likely um <laughs> um best rock album this one in my opinion was the biggest surprise the whole night this is why my paramore won it and this one was a really loaded category, and I thought any of them were possible, but I had Paramore being the least likely to win. I thought Foo Fighters had this one in the bag, and even if they didn't, I thought it would be Metallica, Greta Van Fleet, and then with a slight chance of Queens of the Stone Age. Um, that's not to say that Paramore didn't deserve this by any means. Um, I'm just floored that they won it. I did not think that would happen. Um, 
best rock song. Actually, we'll combine best rock song and best rock performance. I predicted Rescue by Foo Fighters for both. It was not strong enough by Boy Genius. I thought it would be one of the two. Ultimately, for both of them, I went with his, a historical trend where Foo Fighters, for a massive song, beat out a record and song of the year nominee. That time it was Mumford & Sons' song, The Cave. Um, and I thought that just with the emotions attached to that one, that uh, the rescued would win. I'm not shocked. I thought there was a serious chance that Boy Genius would win both of them. Um, but I'm a little bit surprised that the Re rescued didn't win either of them. Um, best metal performance, uh, 72 seasons by Metallica. Yeah, that was easy. Um, <laughs> now, uh, wow, we're really flying through these, aren't we? Um, we only have two fields left. Um, for uh, pop and dance slash electronic, there were out of the six awards, I got four right. Um, first off, start with the one that I didn't have as one of the top two, the one of the top two most likely, in my opinion, one. Um, best dance slash electronic album. Actual Life 3, January 1st through September 9th, 2022 by Fred Again 1. I have that as third most likely, and I'm kicking myself a little bit for that. I went with historical trends there, and uh, because Chemical Brothers and Skrillex are the most, are the most, or have the most wins in the award. I, sh I, Fred, I feel like I, I was nervous that Fred Again would win. I, that was one that was like, I know in so many cases I went with the historical trends and it worked out well for me. And this time it's like, oh, I really wanted to go with my gut there, but I went with the trends. Um, and I, I really shouldn't have felt as good with Chemical Brothers as I did there. But anyways, um, best pop dance recording. The winner was Padum Padum. Um, I think I called it Padum Padum. And then I heard Victoria say Padum Padum. I'm like, oh, that's Yeah, of course that's how it is then. Um, that Kelly Minogue, um, that I had predicted that one. I felt really good about that one, actually. Um, and apparently that was her first Grammy, um, which I didn't actually realize that one. I thought she had one, pre one previously. Um, best dance slash electronic recording. The winner was Rumble by Skrillex, Fred Again, and Float On. Um, this one actually felt like it was pretty open, but I thought that one was the front runner. Um, it really was a, I felt like that was a pretty competitive one. Um, best vocal pop album, uh, winner was Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, I, 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 all, I mean, when it reached the point where the one I was most scared of was Ed Sheeran's album, you probably all figured that uh, <laughs> it was probably going to be Taylor Swift to that one. Um, best pop duo slash group performance. The winner was Ghost in the Machine by SZA featuring Phoebe Bridgers. If I remember right, I think I had said that it was going to be one of Karma, Ghost in the Machine, or Candy Necklace, but I went with Karma by Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice because I really just didn't see it for the other ones. Um, that said, I wasn't surprised that Ghost in the Machine ended up winning. Um, Sisson was ended up winning a few awards. That <laughs> I mean, he was she was nominated for a ton. Um, and then best pop solo performance, the winner was Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I predicted that one. I really felt like this was a really competitive award, though, and really the only one that I felt like really that really didn't have that much of a shot to win was Paint the Town Red. Um, but yeah, I just felt like that. Because I thought Flowers was also going to be a uh, Record of the Year nomination. I thought that pe the voters would go with that for uh, or go with that mindset 
for that. Um, now, for the general field, I've because I originally had thought in my mind I would give myself more time to talk about the general award because I, I mean, there were more nominees. Honestly, I don't really think I, for some of them, I don't think I need as much time. Um, Songwriter of the Year, I I think I had said that it was totally wide open, and for me, it felt like a one in five chance I would get it right. Um, it ended up being Theron Thomas, quite a second most likely. I almost shaved McAnally. Um, I'm thrilled that Theron Thomas won, actually, um, because I, um, ultimately, to me, when I'm looking at the one, when I look at the songs that they wrote, um, Theron Thomas was one of the writers for All My Life by uh, Lil Durk featuring J. Cole, which I thought was which I thought was one of the best songs of the year, honestly. Um, so I'm I was hoping that I was hoping that Thomas would, that Thomas would win, and uh, that happened. So I mean, if I, basically my prediction was going to be wrong. I wanted that. I wanted who was rooting for it to win to be to, to happen. Um, Producer of the year, non classical. Um, Jack Antonoff won. I I felt so safe saying that he would win. So um, let's move on with that. What there? Were, I mean, if you want more information as to why, you can listen to that podcast. But I mean, he's won the last two, and he produced for Taylor Swift. So and Lana Del Rey for that matter, but Taylor Swift in particular. Uh, best new artist. I accurately predicted this one. Oh, I didn't say also. I had gotten four of the six right in the general field. Um, and three of the four right in the big three, which uh, in the last few years I've been bad about it. So nice little return to form with that one. Um, yeah, best new artist. I felt like this was pretty wide open. I thought Victoria Monet would win and she ended up doing so because uh, I, I think that really I, the biggest reason was um, All My Mama was rising at the right time really uh, and also it was record either nomination um but i really the three that i was torn uh, i was torn between was victoria monet and noah Kahn, who when the nominees were first announced i thought was the front runner and the war and treaty um i know a lot of people were high on ice spice i had said it multiple times this reminded me of the lotto nomination where um there it was i just there were things that i didn't see it happen um <laughs> i mean because she just didn't have i mean she didn't have a ton of solo success work and also there's like um it's a little bit controversial with a lot of people there's a lot of people accusing her of being a plant i i got i don't have anything say i don't have any evidence saying she was or wasn't so i'm not gonna say that she was um <laughs> she is one i'm also not gonna try to refute people because i got nothing saying that she is or isn't um but anyways um song of the year was the one of the big four that got wrong um it was what was it made for by billy eilish i went with antihero by taylor swift i had billy eilish's song as third most likely um I think I said that I thought any of them were possible. I thought that uh, Dance the Night and A&W were less like, least likely of the two, but any of the other six I thought was a serious possibility. Um, but I'm actually really glad that What Was It Made For won. Uh, there were three songs that, I, um, if I was going to be wrong, I was hoping would win, and it was What Was It Made For, Butterfly, but and A&W. Um, so I'm glad that it won. I'm, I'm not shocked that it won either. Um, it I... I just thought that I just didn't predict it. That's all. I thought it was pretty wide open. Album of the year, I went with Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Um, I 
while a lot of times the most popular album doesn't end up winning, I the I don't think I talked enough about the trend of the fact that Taylor Swift has won. Actually, I did talk about that a little bit. My bad. I did talk about how Taylor Swift had had so much success with the Grammys with winning that uh, album of the year in particular, and especially um, with, especially my view when Folklore won it. I think it was Folklore. Whatever two albums ago was before, or two albums before Midnight's was, um, I always get mixed up between Folklore and the one that came at the, between Folklore and the other one that was like within a year of each other. Um, I got mixed up there. Um, get those two mixed up sometimes. And I don't remember the other one's name, which doesn't really help. But after whichever one it was, that one won, then I was, then my view of it was, yeah, Midnight's is. I feel pretty safe winning. Of course, there were other ones I was scared of. I was most, I mean, John, John Batista was really nervous when beat it. Um, then lastly, record of the year, the winner was Flowers by Taylor. I am sorry. Taylor Swift did not make Flowers. That was Miley Cyrus. My apologies about that. I, I had Antihero by Taylor Swift as the second most likely. And what happened was I started reading the first line for the name of the song and accidentally started reading the second line for the for the name of the artist. Uh, which, I mean, it's even funnier when I'm at church and I'm singing the the number of times where like I'll just accidentally switch to another verse because I read the line below it by accident or the line above it. It's really it's really funny funny when i read the line above it because we've already done that verse i'm like why am i reading this one um but yeah i had discussed how i thought that one was the most likely one and i'll reiterate that one even though i didn't reiterate a lot of these ones um really with i figure with the big four i i have time to reiterate them um with that one in particular i mean the historical the president for that one is for a, mu- a music video being massive, massive, the most recent president, in my opinion, for a totally different reason that the music video was was massive, This is America by Childish Gambino. That one was dealing, was dealing with a lot of race, uh, racial issues, then was really powerful video. This one was a revenge video for uh, to get back at her cheating, I think they're a married husband in that case, if not partner of whatever form, I think they were married though. Um, and frankly, I mean, there's one thing that it, it just time and time again, that America just unites on. And it's, it's not anything that actually helps the country go figure. It's not anything that's for the good of the people, anything like that. The thing that everyone tends to unite on is revenge and salacious affair stories. So, so yeah, I mean that's why I thought I felt good about predicting t- flowers by Miley Cyrus to win. Of course, I say I felt good. I was also terrified because, I mean, it's not that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I felt like this one was totally wide open. I had Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo as the least likely to win this award, and I still thought that was possible. Um, but yeah, ultimately that was the reason I went with Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Um, and it's funny because when the nominees were announced, um, even going into it, I had had Flowers and Midnight's being winning record and album of the year, respectively. And I had also had Antihero winning song of the year. But then instead of Best New Artist, instead of Noah Cahan, I had Victoria Monet. So it's wild that, like, even like normally I change my mind when it gets closer. Um, just my initial reaction 
I still got two of them right. So it's, and I kept all three of the four that I initial prediction, which never happened. So, um, but yeah. So anyways, uh, that's the Grammys. Um, and normally I would say that that would be it for the Grammy episodes. Um, I think I teased that I was going to have a surprise episode, uh, um, Sunday at some point I didn't get to record that one. I didn't have the time. Um, I might record what I was going to record for that one another time, uh, like later this week, like next weekend or something like that. Um, that one that I was going to do was, uh, uh, was who I would vote for if I had a vote for the Grammys. Um, I might still do that one, even though it's kind of irrelevant at this point. Um, and I also, as for my next episode, it might be that I'm expecting that the, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees will be announced if not this week, then next week. Just because of historical timing, I expect they'll be announced very soon. So, if they are announced before my next episode that I'm recording, it, I'll talk about that. If not, well, I'll, I'll probably just do the who I would have voted for with the Grammys. Um, at some point, I want to try to get... Uh, Kind of some things I want. I know in particular, um, I want to get some guests back on. Um, I there's some things I've wanted to talk with Ty and Megan about in particular. So I want to get to have them both back on at some point. Um, hopefully that will come soon. I still have to talk to them about it. So, um, and I know my schedule's just been crazy, but uh, so uh, Megan and Ty, if you're listening to this one before uh, before I reach out to you about it. Sorry, I'll get off getting there. <laughs> but anyways, um, congratulations to all the winners and all the nominees. Um, and I know I when I was reading through all the everyone, I had said the the person who made the award. When I know I've said this every episode of Grim Week, I still do want to highlight that those most of these awards they were not the only nominees. Like for instance, album of the year, there's tons of people involved with the album will get nominated. Same thing with like song of the year, songwriters record of the year, the producers also. Um, I think the engineers might also, I don't remember exactly who it is, but definitely the producers. Um, and I still do want to highlight that those, all those individuals were important in the nominations. And realistically in each nomination, there's a ton of people that work on these projects. And it's not like it's, Typically not a DIY kind of thing. Um, so, uh, congratulations to all of those and winner, all the winners and all the nominees. Um, yeah, man, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like uh, group the Facebook page for our group in harmony is baller trademarked yet. Um, as for feeling groupy. I have no idea. I haven't even... Clearly, as you could tell, my thought process with what episode is coming out next. I haven't thought about the, what blog post is coming out next for that one. Is Baller trademarked yet? Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um, for the... Whatever post comes out next, probably the response to the 65 games one. Um, and also, uh, now, especially now that uh, WNB... Just to plug the last post I had on there. WNBA free agency has really taken off. So, um, there's been a lot of chaos with that. Uh, Skylar Dickens-Smith and, uh, excuse me, and Nika Kongwu both signed with, uh, um, 
both signed with uh, Seattle. So now Seattle suddenly has this super team. Um, a bunch of massive major, like New York resigned their big free agents. Um, actually, I don't think, uh, um, I don't, I don't think Brianna Stewart, I almost said Sabrina Ascu, but she wasn't a free agent this year. Whoops. Um, but they signed, resigned Jungle Jones. Um, Vegas only had one star, one star, Starter in the postseason, who was a free agent, and Kiss Stokes, they resigned her. Connecticut resigned their two their two free agent stars, um, which incidentally I had said I wasn't sure I would have done that, but once other free agents were going other places, um, Atlanta has loaded up this uh, this off season. Um, you can expect in the draft because Indiana won the draft; they'll prop they're. Um, they could end up being better. This is, and we, Washington has lost some players. Uh, lost Natasha Cloud and um, Atlanta Deladon is. I don't believe, uh, to my knowledge, she hasn't signed anywhere yet. So, uh, the reason that I bring all of that up, I have my top twenty-five free agents for WNBA free agency. Especially if you don't pay attention to the WNBA. And you just want to guide out who should I look for and who should I pay attention to? Who are the big names? You have 25 names there, a little bit about their playing style. Um, and because this year is another one, there's a ton of a ton of notable free agents and key players who are free agents. And multiple of them have changed teams. So, uh, and, uh, and I think, like, if Deladon has not resigned, then, uh, ooh, actually, I just looked it up. She might not go back to Washington. She might. She apparently wants to play for either Phoenix or Vegas. Oh, this is fun. Um, yeah, clearly, I love chaos, especially with sports. Um, and I, I'm having so much fun here. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> um, if I were to do another, if I were to do another podcast, I would love to do not just a basketball podcast, either one that'd be like a draft podcast and be a WNBA draft podcast or like just a WNBA podcast in particular. Um, yeah, this is, this is so, I'm having so much fun with this. So, um, definitely look at the blog post to, and pay attention to that. So you can have as much fun as I am. If you, if you want to have some fun with chaos, but anyways, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you enjoyed Grammy week overall. And actually before I end this episode, I owe an apology for the, what happened with the Friday episode of Grammy week. End up being released after midnight into this. I thought I realized after midnight on Friday when I dozed off a tiny bit, I forgot to, uh, I dozed off without releasing it. So I released it. So I thought when I went to release the episode for uh, Saturday of Grammy week, I realized I didn't push publish. So it was just sitting there in the queue after I, and I had already posted on Facebook saying I published that. So sorry about that confusion. Um, but anyways, it's, not that even the Grammys already happened. It's there. But anyways, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.